0: All right. On today's episode, we are excited today to have uh, our amazing friend, Paul Diamond, Ayahuasca, uh, and Shaman joining us from Peru to talk about uh, the power of plant medicine and, and, and journeying and why it's so significant and so important to uh, our evolution. Ready to dive in? Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Every episode, we explore, expand, and evolve our understanding of the truths we encounter and experience in our human quest for clarity and exponential growth. And now welcome your hosts, Dr. Jeffrey Smith and Jim Case. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. We're excited that you're here to join us today. And uh, we're super excited to be here with, uh, as always, my good buddy, Jeff Smith. Dr. Jeff, how are you doing?
1: Marvelous. Never better. How are you, Jim?
0: Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Excited to be here again with, uh, with our special guest, Paul Diamond. Hi, Paul. Welcome all the way from
2: Peru. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jeff. Hi, audience. Very
1: excited to have you here today, Paul. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Good, good. Uh, Jeff, you want to jump off with us? Or you want me to take it? Well, we're gonna. Well, we want to start first. Uh, we like to start the show with a shout out, and um, uh, as is, uh, we did last week. I think I'm going to carry on, and and y'all are welcome to join in the shout out. But I want to give a shout out to. Again, all of the uh, the people on the front lines of the process that we're currently dealing with the doctors, the nurses, the the healthcare people. Um, just to give a shout out to say, hey, you know, we see you. We 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 appreciate you so deeply. And and I know the people that need your services and are seeking your services. Um, you know, we're continuing to hold great space and great light around as many as we can. Uh, recognizing that we're all going through our own individual process, but we have the ability through sharing our energy and love to encourage and support. So we send lots of love and encouragement to all of those people who are doing that work, um, delivery drivers, uh, the the people that are trying to keep things moving um, as long as they can. Uh, And, and so we appreciate you. We thank you. We love you. And we're grateful that you're out there. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So that's our shout out for today. And, and uh, so let's dive in Uh, today is all about plant medicine journeying um, and, and kind of diving deep on, on why this is such a significant and important process.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's been a couple of months since uh, we've had the pleasure of having Paul join us. And in the last several months, both Jim and I have had an opportunity to continue to educate ourselves. Uh, Through a plethora of amazing books that have been published in the last several years and some that have been around for a long, long period of time. Uh, I took Paul's suggestion and uh, read through the Tibetan Book of the Dead twice. Uh, I actually found it on Amazon as well. Uh, Just absolutely, utterly fascinating um, information that's out there. Uh, That's not necessarily plant based related, but I'm just so impressed by information that has to do with spirituality awareness, our ability to see and understand more of how the universe works. And that's what personally makes me so excited to have a podcast like this and be bold and courageous enough in a world that could still misunderstand what the medicines have to share for us and by us and through us, uh, to encourage people to really open up to the possibility and the likelihood that these, uh, these are things that we really should have some personal experience with. And after you have done due diligence through reading sacred material, that's been on the planet for a long period of time and even more current information since the seventies, when there was really a, a scourge put on any organic material that was encouraging the use of psychedelic uh, substances to help us better perceive the universe. <clears throat> if you if you're open and you're willing to take a peek, you don't have to go any farther than Netflix or Amazon. Not saying that those are the best places to get the information, but they're probably the two most popular and readily accessible places right now, and so many people have accounts uh, with those two mediums, and you don't, you know, if you have the accounts, you don't have to pay for this stuff, so it's a lot of information, really good information, readily accessible, very inexpensive, if not free. So Jim and I have really dove in in the last three or four, maybe up to six months of wanting to better understand this and make it a part of our daily lives so that we can be more at peace with ourselves, have a greater understanding of the relationship between love and fear, and orienting our lives more toward the energy of love. And that's really where I mean, just just as soon as I said that, I just got this overwhelming sense of relaxation and peace because I was getting ready to start talking about how the medicines have really allowed me to just experience that so much more than I ever have in my life. And I, you know, I was a Christian devotee. I went through the school of discipleship. I really invested myself in trying to understand love and religion and spirituality. And I'm 57 years old. And for the last 56 and a half years prior to my reintroduction to plant-based medicines, I didn't really get very far. I've gotten so much farther in the last six months, really, than I could say in the last several decades, even going to the point of getting a doctoral degree and trying to understand humanity through the discipline of psychology. So I believe we're very fortunate today to have Paul with us, who has devoted his life to this discipline and to wanting to help educate and train others to open up to what the what these plants can show us, what they want to show us of how the universe really works and what our place is in it. Um, So I'm going to stop there. That was my, my diatribe for a moment of (laughs) creating a, a stage in which we can have this discussion. Um, We can talk a little bit more in depth of what Jim's personal experiences have been in the last couple of months, as well as mine in both macro dosing as well as micro dosing, which I didn't know anything about until you know several months ago, but my goodness, what a treat and what a blessing it is to include those elements into our lives to just again bring more clarity, understanding uh peace, unity, love, and respect I mean that's just that's, that's been the byproduct, and I've gotten to see my life change so much in such a short period of time that I just, I don't really have words to express that in terms of a gratitude, but I just want to say thank you to the universe and to the time on the planet now where more and more people are opening up to this and wanting to have in their own experience with it. So I don't know if that's a pitch-off point, but I think I've said as about as much as I can say right now at this point in our podcast. So if one of you would like to pick up from there, that would be great.
0: I the only thing I'm going to throw in there just to give Paul a chance to leap is uh, something he said today that I thought was fascinating, and I and I don't know if I've heard it before, but um, it struck me, um, and that was uh, Paul in your live uh, live broadcast today. You were talking, you talked about. Um, the understanding, or I think it was an understanding that language actually evolved from the use of plant medicine, that, that prior to language, that it was the inspiration for somehow for that to evolve. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing in and of itself, but I think it speaks to the quantum level of, of experience that's available through this process. What do you think?
2: yeah yeah I, yeah thank you for, for your introduction jeffrey and your, your obvious obvious passion and um you know you know the the the, the fact that you've got so much in in such short amounts of time is really wonderful you know i think that's that's a real blessing that the plants can bring us and a necessary one at this time you know we don't really have time to muck around too much and yeah the plants can take us very far very very quickly it's really why I began to work with them in my own practice you know I wanted people to be able to grow and evolve as fast as possible as far as I was concerned traditional therapy just wasn't cutting it I mean it just takes too long and doesn't have a particularly wonderful track record in the end either you know so I wanted things that were very very effective and the plants for me were one of those things you know I, I saw them as I. Uh, part of a toolbox of, of useful technologies and techniques that could really help people to move very, very fast, but definitely a major one and, you know, become obviously a major part of in, in the work that I do with the other practices as a subsidiary to that. And the idea being, you know, yeah, the medicines can take us 20 years of therapy in a single night type of idea. You know, people have spoken about this since the 60s, really, and it, it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it is true. You know, people come to a radical insight, radical realisation and a um, whole new way of, of experiencing and seeing themselves and the world at large that can engender long lasting shifts in awareness and consciousness and, you know, ecological perspective and uh, mental peace and clarity. You know, of course, not always, but um, they have the potential if you used, used properly and correctly to, to do these things. So, yeah, um, now with regards to, um, you know, this, this relationship with, with language, yeah, and, and of course it's, it's only a theory, it's only a hypothesis, it's, it's certainly not a proven hypothesis. However, uh, in, in my own experience and, and the way that it kind of appears to operate, there definitely seems that very strong possibility the um, psilocybin mushrooms and various other theogenic medicines, psilocybin particularly, because it would have been so ready of like need to do anything uh, with it, it would just be there in your journey across the savannah and you'd kind of munch upon it because it was free food. And then it would have this rather radical um, you know shift. <laughs> and glossalia is a major part of psilocybin experience, you know, the spontaneous uh, linguistic impulse speaking in tongues and things like this. And, you know, a little bit nonsensical, of course, um, but you can see how language can develop from the activation of latent linguistic centers in the brain via the entheogens. And I would say that they're doing this kind of all the time in the sense that they're activating um, latent uh, centers in the brain, latent qualities of consciousness and latent dimensions of consciousness, ultimately, and you know, ranging from language to uh, you know, dimensional perceptivity, moving from sort of a, a three-dimensional perspective, you know, up, up and onwards, as it were. So, I think that some of these are older qualities uh, of the brain that were closed down as we began to uh, move into more comfortable environments. Um, You know, in the ice age, we had to have a kind of a Kundalini energy kind of flowing all the time to keep us warm and the kind of a psychic capacity to become aware of whether animals would attack us as we were sleeping at night. So we had this kind of psychic quality. And then as we kind of became more kind of um, socialized, you know, these qualities get dampened down and the brain sort of shuts those things down. I think the medicine is like, the medicines are able to reactivate those latent centers and also to take us further into the more uh, futuristic uh, centers of consciousness um, that are not yet developed. You know, the medicines are able to open these up early and to give us a glimpse of what potential of becoming human actually is.
0: Paul, I'd be very interested um, as you were talking, thinking about our listeners and the people that are out there in the world that, that have been exposed to some level of this, you know, I mean, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information, probably some misinformation, but how would, how could you talk about the plant medicine experience uh, for people who have all of the considerations? So particularly religious considerations or uh, doing drugs um you know the the kind of stuff that you know i know having experienced it the impact that these medicines have so it's it's not even a it's not even a question mark in my world um but but to encourage people to support people in in being willing to to make those deeper connections to self so so there's that piece of it which is not about convincing anybody but giving people a space to understand the medicine a little more deeply so that there, there is more of a willingness to say, hmm, this might be worth exploring, or this might be a path that might assist me to deal with these, uh, these you know, I've lived in the United States for most of my life. You know, um, I, I've been entrenched in capitalism, I've been in, entrenched in all of the, the sort of negative fear-based constructs that, that, that society has built. And so those have become my mainstay. And here's this thing called psilocybin or ayahuasca that there's you know that that sounds like oh boy I can go get high and then I'll feel better. Um, that's really not at all what the case is. Um, and and so I, I would love if you could kind of talk about that a little bit and and you know uh, bring a little more levity to that to that viewpoint.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think primarily, first of all, of course, we need a recontextualization of, of these medicine plants. You know, unfortunately, we've only really had the category of uh, pharmaceutical drugs, you know, drugs or drugs has been the possibility. And, you know, we need to just continually um, um, kind of subtly uh, undermine that, that way of thinking by reinforcing the plant medicine paradigm, uh, you know, essentially reinforcing the medicinal aspect of these medicines. And I think we're actually very lucky. I think that, you know, we're pretty much coming out of the Dark Ages with regards to the uh, entheogenic and psychedelic medicines. It's been pretty rough out there for the past 30, 40 years. Actually, we've had a renaissance of uh, understanding at a scientific level even to a certain degree, even at a political level. I mean, definitely, obviously not enough for, um, you know, sort of legalization everywhere, but at least, you know, studies are being done and, um, you know, decriminalization is being considered in a large number of areas. And many tens of thousands of people um, have, have, you know, been initiated in, into these medicines, hundreds of thousands actually, I'm not even sure of the statistics, but going up, you know, more and more. And certainly, of course, before coronavirus, you know, ayahuasca ceremonies were happening by the thousands, you know, every night of any given year in every major city, you know, hundreds of ceremonies in, in some places. So it's definitely not minor, it's definitely not, um, it's kind of mainstream now, I would even go as far as to say, um, which I think is very good to a certain degree. Obviously, it comes with its own problems, obviously, we need to be extremely careful how we utilise these medicines, there are dangers on a psychological and the astral and magical or shamanic level. Um, but, you know, utilized correctly, you know, this is obviously to a significant degree a good thing. And, you know, I think it's very positive. And yeah, I think we just continually push forward the notion that there's plenty of good scientific studies now showing that actually these medicines are, are good for you. Um, that they cure PTSD, they cure depression, they cure long-term sort of, um, uh, and dying kind of processes helping you to cope cope with that and they're good for alcoholism and for drug addiction and they've been shown to be good for prisoner rehabilitation rates. you know dropping absolutely dramatically we have a great many studies out there so it's, it's pretty hard to deny now unless you're really kind of you know deliberately trying to and then on the other side i think we have the very wonderful um very old now but even sort of you know useful uh, you know, Good Friday experiments, Harvard, Harvard's psilocybin project experiments, which showed uh, from a Western uh, um, double-blind placebo-based scientific rational-based study that these plants were no different or experientially no different, phenomenologically no different from authentic mystical experience. So we can convert both the scientific people, scientific studies, and hopefully we can convince the religious and spiritual people that these things are only going to be useful for your path, and that we have these studies and things to kind of show that, and, um, you know, to be very clear, rational, and, um, you know, intelligent when we discuss these things, so that people will come around to it, th- you know, that way of thinking and realizing it's not for, you know, just kind of crazy hippies, but there's something actually useful here. That we can mm. learn from and grow from as a species you know we can learn so much about ourselves from these uh reflective mirrors that the plants give us you know they teach us about ourselves not necessarily so much about shamanic world and all of that although that's there but really of course they're giving us an uh, uh, opportunity to look directly at the nature of consciousness which of mm. course is our own nature you know and this is this is really for me where its true value lies it's not so much in the or the, you know, the astral experiences or the shamanic experiences or you see this or you see that, but as a direct witnessing of consciousness itself, an opportunity to try and understand what is consciousness, you know, it's it's, it's, modeled, it's molding my reality, I'm seeing the world through my own perceptual state and it's been changed from a single molecule or a few molecules, everything's radically different. We have to inquire into the nature of reality. When we take these medicines, it's inevitable. This is where we come to liberation: is through this sense of inquiry.
0: Love that we are uh, actually. That was a perfect place to end your sentence because we are going to take a quick break here, and uh, and we're going to come back on the other
3: side.
2: So thank you. So I'm Paul. Uh, I'm the main teacher and guide at Tantraya Center in Pisac, Peru. And we've just got a whole bunch of our um, stuff online. Um, We've just started our own Patreon account and our uh, Instagram account. And we've got classes and we're gonna have workshops and in-depth instruction into various spiritual practices and topics. We're gonna be exploring the Qigong and Taoist tradition in depth together. We're gonna be exploring Tai Chi and the internal martial art tradition together going to be exploring uh, internal alchemy, the higher Taoist meditative practices together, various forms of Western magic and alchemy, and various forms of meditation and um, inner, inner work, essentially. So that's all on our Patreon account. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. You're going to find that on patreon.com slash And you get, in, in some of the higher tiers, you get an opportunity to chat with me personally once a month. And um, yeah, we're just trying to build community essentially online. And then I'm also offering my own counseling and healing work uh, online as well, which you can find on our uh at Gmail website. Thank you.
0: Good, good. So you can, you can reach Paul at uh, his website at www.tantreya.com, correct?
2: I believe so. <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> and good. That was excellent. And, uh, and we're back. Um, that was Paul's uh, little break to talk about one uh, of the amazing things he's doing there with uh, with plant medicine and beyond. Um, and the beyond is important because it lays the foundation for everything else. So it's, uh, it's extraordinary. And here we are back to the show. Jeff, did you, uh, were, were you chomping at the bit there with a question? Did I see Absolutely. that earlier? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And here we yes, go. Yes.
1: Uh, Paul, you mentioned the word liberation. And I'd love it if you could talk about what we're being liberated from.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such an interesting question, of course. It, these things, of course, these terms are, um, you know, vague. <laughs> uh, we, we haven't really very well understood them in the, in the West. They were kind of poor translations of, you know, old Indian texts that weren't well understood at the time and, you know, have really been passed down to us in a way without, without a great deal of understanding, actually. So it is good to kind of review on a regular basis, I think, these terms, and try to come to some um, understanding between us of what we think it means together. Obviously, if a term is only applicable on one side of the conversational equation, it doesn't really help. The other person can't relate. So we have to find some means of communicating, some way of understanding what it is that we're talking about together before we can really move forward. So, um, of course, what what the Buddha meant uh, by, by liberation, and essentially what I what I mean by it is, is liberation from suffering, liberation from dukkha suffering. Now, of course, the Buddha acknowledged that life is suffering. So it's not as though you can kind of just, just escape from life and expect it to be kind of over and expect this to be kind of like liberated, because that's a cycle that is pretty endless. You know, we, we go through cycles of incarnation over and over again so it's not it's not to be liberated from the experience of life it is it is to be liberated from the confused perception of reality that creates uh, the illusory nature of suffering so of course all of these things have no inherent reality in the mystical traditions it's not as though there is this objective phenomenon called suffering that we're kind of trying to run away from or avoid or become liberated from is it in itself is a false notion but it's a false notion that creates uh, enough um, perceived pain uh, that we don't really enjoy it at the very least so we at the very least need to become liberated from the sort of illusory nature of suffering if not suffering in and of itself so we're talking about um, a few things when we, when we come to the nature of liberation from suffering. Firstly, we have to really come to an understanding of the nature of our own self before we can be free. Um, liberation from false notions of self, liberation from false identifications of self. So the nature of the egoic consciousness really is to identify and it's to identify with really anything that arises um, in order to give itself some kind of validity in order to give itself some kind of permanence in space and time that it doesn't actually have you know seeking to kind of validify its own false reality by identifying with whatever arises, be it an emotion or a thought or an experience or you know any anything really anything it can get at its hands on for example if um anger arises within the system then the ego you know hooks onto it and says oh i'm an angry person you know total identification with that not really allowing that there may be peace later on and love later on and you know something else in the next minute something else the next minute but actually kind of kind of constellate and fix that identification into some kind of permanent form is itself a false idea so the ego is kind of doing this all the time identifying with all of these different things that are arising and in that we kind of misperceive ourselves we misidentify ourselves we think we're all these things that we're actually not and we find it very difficult to find out what we actually are so liberation uh, you know on, on that level is liberation from false identification and um, liberation from false notions of self or false ideas of self that that is part of process of liberation from Dukkha or liberation from suffering. Mm -hmm. The other aspect of it is, um, you know, the movement away from uh, an objective, inherent, uh, self-existent level of experience where things become disconnected from other things and are, are seen to be a solitary or unitary event without the understanding of their... Uh, web-like or connections with you know the totality and the whole ultimately so the book comes from or, or you know stuff comes from um uh isolation it comes from separation from notions of separation so liberation in this sense becomes liberation from uh, an isolated egoic experience to a unitary holistic experience where we recognize ourselves as integral to the universal whole um you know, and seeing how it all connects in that way. So liberation from suffering, liberation from, uh, you know, singular experience, interconnective experience. And then um, liberation really from false, you know, ultimately from false notions of the nature of reality itself, um, in the sense that reality for the most part, again, is taken to be some kind of objective phenomenon that we, uh, you know, relate to and are pushed around by, instead of understanding this utterly and entirely subjective nature of reality, that it is in fact nothing but mind only, and and therefore can't really harm you or hurt you, and therefore we're kind of liberated from fear, we're liberated from notions of false death, um, you know, because actually reality isn't, isn't the thing that we perceive it to be anyway, So liberation becomes, therefore, you know, liberation from false notions of reality, leading us to a true perception of reality, which is inherently free of suffering, essentially.
1: While you are talking, I was thinking about uh, some of my experiences with the medicines in the last several months regarding using various dosages. Some of the larger, more what we're calling the hero's dose at four to five grams per journey, and we're talking about psilocybin now, have created such fantastical adventures of underst of getting to see how the universe appears in that state, and getting some really amazing insights and making connections with who and what God is and where my place in the universe is in this incarnation. But those, and, and realizing there really isn't anything to be afraid of, I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've experienced so far, is there are things that can present themselves in those journeys that seem to be fearsome and create fright. But if you just move through it, To me, that's the liberation is the liberation from fear. And I think that might be synonymous with what you're saying about uh, suffering and fear are probably go together, maybe just different expressions of the same energy in a way. But it's just been amazing to me how the medicine is really helping me lower my fear threshold such that what I might have been agitated, angry with, Bothered by, frustrated over, previously, isn't showing up for me in that way. Post journey, Um, and again, look just look at me smile right now as that's truth. My my smile and my energy is the truth and the proof of my experience, and it it all you know it almost brings tears to my eyes. Well, it is (laughs) if I sit with it for a moment, (laughs) bringing tears of joy. Uh, to me in being able to experience that. And and that's what makes me, is compelling me to want to do these podcasts and share this type of information with other people so that we can be liberated from free, from fear and experience freedom uh, in a variety of ways. On that, on that same notion, these large dose journeys are creating these, fantastical adventures, Uh, the smaller journeys, smaller dosed journeys, uh, one gram, two grams, one gram, they're actually allowing me to be more grounded and aware of my third dimensional existence in this physical nature and making more uh, it's more applicable. It's like my journey, the things that I'm experiencing in that state are more immediately and directly applicable without so much of the medicine in my system that I could see what is the next, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? How will I apply what I'm learning right now this week and next week? And it's like taking connections that are so immediate and so applicable. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, thank you. It, it, you know, it's like a super, super intense meditation where you're really coming away with a great deal of clarity and understanding and peace about what the next right logical step should be. And to me, that's liberation from confusion. So that word really jumped out at me that the medicines allow us to be liberated from confusion and from fear.
0: It's a an amazing word. And Paul, that was an amazing, amazing dialogue about uh, that very thing. And we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to dive a little deeper, um, taking this as far as we can go to to helping everybody out there have a, a better understanding of what these plant medicines are there for and how they can, how they can, the truth. Let's look at the truth of what these plant medicines are. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, Jim with Adventures in Truth Podcast. We wanted to take a minute to kind of tell you about some of the great things that are happening. Uh, I know with the last podcast, we shared with you that uh, coming sometime late spring, early summer, we have a workshop coming down the pipeline. Uh, we're super excited to present um, and, and uh, present the, some, some great concepts, but actually beyond that, probably some very powerful tools to create some powerful transformation in your experience. And tools that we've not seen before, um, tools that that uh, we've gotten to work with that have helped to to really, really blow some some old stuff up and 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 open up our energies in ways that that we didn't even ever anticipate. So we're super excited about that. Uh, we'll have more information coming down the road about that. Also, uh, we begin um, a new broadcast cycle on BBS Radio, um, and that's BBSRadio.com. Ah, uh, we'll begin those on Saturdays. We have a show going up at 10 a.m. on Saturday mornings, which we're also very excited about uh, having y'all participate in. So um, keep looking out for all the great things coming from Adventures in Truth and the Science of Transformation, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. And we're back. <laughs> you like to have a, I have my I have my my commercial voice and I have my show voice and. I <laughs> <laughs> But we're back and, and excited to be back and and talking about uh, uh, taking a deep dive into the the power of of plant medicines and and uh, Jeff left off with us here and and we'll carry on because the word we were talking about escapes me and I I keep trying to find the word you were
1: <clears throat> you were liberated
0: liberated thank you
1: one of the other things I was hoping that we could dialogue about today with regard to using medicines as medicines, as opposed to taking it before a rave party or on a Saturday night when you want to hang with buddies and trip uh, is setting an intention and what advice or suggestions or wisdom you could share with us to help people be more mindful prior to interacting with the medicines about intention it's a wide open topic, but any part of that you want to chew on would be delightful. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, I think this is this is very essential. Um, You know, when we enter into these magical or shamanic spaces, we're really entering into a um, causal dimension. So, you know, in our own uh, everyday lives, we can often tell the uh, causal uh, relationship things, if I hold a pencil and I drop it, pencil drops, I was the cause, um, you know, it becomes obvious. Now when we get into the shamanic or magical world, um, it, it's not obvious, we, we don't really understand the nature of causality there and the only thing that can really guide our experience in, in that sense is our intention. So usually we are constrained or constructed by the conditioning of our past. This is really where we are mostly orientated. We believe that we're going to be the same tomorrow as we were yesterday. We believe that the habits that we had yesterday and you know our emotional state, etc., is going to be the state that we're going to have tomorrow and onwards. Again, you know, something to do with the nature of the ego essentially trying to fix or constellate experience to create identity. But This is not really the case um, if we are understanding things correctly. We don't have to have that binding. We don't have to have that um, kind of anchoring into the past. But the only way we can become free of it is by creating a new anchor in the future. You know, a stranger tractor somewhere out there that can pull us towards it instead of us being kind of weighed down by, by the energy of the past. We create an idea of what we want to become in the future and we allow reality to kind of gloss towards it in whatever way it deems fit. So it's important with intention to keep it uh, future orientated, what you want to become, but not closed in the sense that you think you know exactly what it's going to look like. You want it to actually be quite open-ended because you don't really know necessarily what the possibility of work that you're engaging in is and in fact actually you know it falls usually very very far behind the actual potential of the medicines when when utilized correctly of course their potential is, is utterly profound um, you know the higher medicines the master plants can take us so very very far and so beyond what we think we know About ourselves and what what we think we are, that we can't really imagine what we are going to be like or what we can be like. So we we just need to have a kind of a future intention that keeps everything moving forward and not constrained uh, in the past, but keeps it open-ended enough not to be a closed system. So intentions such as, you know, um, please take me to the highest realms of consciousness available to me at the present stage of my evolution things like this become good intentions, you know, please reveal, you know, please open up whatever magical, mystical, shamanic powers, uh, you know, are latent within my potentiality right now, um, you know, please, um, uh, you know, reveal the uh, aspects of consciousness that are hidden to me at present that I can, for example, you know, So all very kind of future directed, but not not closed, so that you you know you think you know what it is. You don't know what it is. You've got no idea. But important stuff you know has to have to have intention in that world. Mm
1: -hmm. What I what I experienced as you were sharing was imagining myself being on a path and coming to a fork in the path that had five or six paths branching off from where I was, and each of those paths having a door. And I had to have an intention to choose one of those doors to walk through. And as I approached the door, which would be taking the medicine and putting my hand on the door and opening the door, as I stepped through the door, I have a bit of an idea of what might be behind the door, but I can't really truly know what's behind the door or how darn far I'm going to travel once I go through that door. But I have some idea at least from where I started in walking to the door of what that intention might be. Exactly. It would be helpful as I hear, Mm -hmm. as I'm talking with people about how important intention is, I don't think we have a lot of training in the Western world anyway, of really understanding what, intention, what intentions are, you know, like the practical side, like you just gave us one, help me understand the highest levels of consciousness that I can achieve. Well, to me, that's a 10 on a scale of one to 10. I'd give that one a 10. What would a one or a two or a three be that our listeners could, you know, work up to something such as, what you just said about understanding our consciousness as much as we can
2: i say i personally i say always go for it you know always go for the highest you can conceive of you know why limit yourself you know as we've done that for too long we've constrained ourselves and had an idea of what we are for too long that has kept us you know very kind of down so i think actually go go for it go for all of those higher ideas again you don't have to know what it's going to look like that's not your job your job is just to have the orientation towards the highest, mm. and you know, um, obviously it doesn't mean that we can't utilise the medicine plants. They're extremely, uh, well, some of them anyway, are extremely versatile. I was particularly is able to kind of do lots of things at many, many different levels, and it does depend what you kind of ask for. But again, why limit yourself? You know, why not just go for it? Uh, from my very first experience with these things. I said, and I meant, give me full liberation, you know, give me full enlightenment, whatever that means. No, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it looks like, but I know that something in me is calling out for that so very, very strongly. And even if it means I've got to go through some kind of, you know, tormenting demonic or awful experience, some lengthy dark night, go through it, just go through it. So forget your ones and twos, I would say, only go for your tens.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah,
0: fair enough. I was thinking, as as you guys were talking too, that it might be uh, beneficial for the listeners as they're, as they 're thinking about this that it 's not at all unusual to have a little trepidation, um, maybe even a little fear um, as you consider but I, I think in my experience of it, because you don 't know what 's through the door, you know, and for most of us, you can go into it with anticipation, uh, I think you can approach it with. With uh, an enthusiasm, but there's still, I think the what I keep hearing is this kind of. Um, I don't know if I should do this because I'm I'm afraid of what might happen. I don't know if I should do this. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be in control, or you know, am I going to like lose my mind, or am I, you know? There's so many misperceptions uh, about how to approach um you know i remember when i when i first came to see you paul the the thing that the thing that uh, struck me about where you were at that time and what called me was uh the fact that it was about practical application that you know for me that was always important but that it was always this um we want we want people to be able to function in the world because i realized for me that was an issue i don't want to go take this trip and then come back and find that I can't function in the world anymore. Um, and, and there is an element of that, but it's not what you think it is. It's not, it's not how you see it on the outside before you cross the threshold. It's nothing like that. And I, I would love if you had any words or thoughts about that, because I know, you know, you've worked with so many people and and everybody has a little version of that going on. Um, you know, especially because, you hold it in such a sacred way and you present it in such a sacred way. So there's no, there's no room for this is a game. There's no room for this is, this is a, a great way to spend a, a Friday night. This is serious stuff in the sense that this is about discovering who you are. This is about tapping into the best of all of who you are, not, uh, not confronting some, you know, boogeyman that that's going to somehow take over your existence and you're going to be possessed the rest of your life, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak to that yeah. a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, of course, I, I uh, respect a shamanic ceremony when it comes to these medicinal plants, you know, is they, they were never done and weren't supposed to be done by people on their own with no no experience and no value from it. I'm not denigrating people's personal experiences with these plants. But you're I mean look, I mean the fact of the matter is there's always there uh, when you go into these these places, it, it is the unknown. It doesn't it doesn't go away particularly at the very least there's a little bit of oh my God as you put these things in your mouth or a little bit of quickening of the heart or a little bit of a sweat or something, you know. <laughs> Because you don't know, you don't know. It's the unknown. So, um, but you know, we do it anyway. Of course, you know that's the thing. Of course, is we can turn fear into excitement. We can turn fear into you know, um, sort of a a deep interest actually in what's occurring. We can recognise that this is a learning experience and one that we're going to really kind of grow from, you know, taking it in a very positive manner. Um, But with the shaman there, you know, in these in these highly highly, come back okay uh you know in in a, with the real people is is not there um you know when i began to work with my own teacher and recognize the truth of him as a as a really you know great spiritual master and great shaman the fear that i had kind of of, of doing really hypnosis and things dropped away and i would just bow for it i knew that he could take it i knew that i could take it i knew that he would always be there to help me and in that way i was able to explore with real what you know wonder and excitement and excitement the fear aspect of it only kind of feeding the initial kind of adrenaline rush that gets the medicine moving, you know, further into your body. But as you go further in, you trust the space, you trust the shaman, and then you can really explore, you know, this is part of its of its major value, is you can go into it without so much fear. And in that realm and something comes up that you can't handle you don't understand and you don't know what to do with, and obviously there's nobody else to help you there. It can be very scary. It can also be very valuable as a learning experience. You know, you know, difficult experiences, difficult trips are often the ones we learn most from, but they don't need to be psychically dangerous, you know, which is often the case when people do these things on their own. They're astrally dangerous, you know, shamanically dangerous, uh, parasitical organisms and entities and things of this nature. But when you do it with a shaman in a controlled setting, that isn't there. So you can really learn, you know, you can go a long way with, with, with that. So, yeah. Good
0: stuff. Well, again, we seem to take a natural pause. So let's take a pause and, and uh, we're going to jump out for a minute and we'll be right back.
3: Ranking Mastery is offering listeners a free 60-minute training. In this training, you will learn five simple things to get positioned in Google for all the products and services you offer. Together, we will learn and discover key phrases customers search all the time. Go to RankingMastery.com, look for the free training button, and enter the code MYFREETRAINING. We urge you to hurry because spots are limited, and similar trainings of this kind can easily cost thousands of dollars. Learn from the best, those who have generated over $4 million using these same exact strategies so that your company can take advantage of the top positioning in Google without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on Google ads or SEO agencies. Remember, your potential clients are searching Google every day for products and services just like yours, and this is your chance to claim your position on the web. The only way to get this amazing deal is to visit rankingmastery.com, click the free training button, Again, that's rankingmastery.com.
0: Hi, everybody. We're back and uh, just having a more amazing conversation about how to sort of structure this and, and being involved with the shaman to help create the right space. And, and uh, what else do we have to dive into on this? Mr. Jeff? I, I would like to
1: cycle back to a better version of the question I was asking Paul about intention. Uh. And also keep in mind uh, the dosing part of it. So the ones and twos that you are suggesting to not have or not spend time on. Uh, I was thinking were more along the lines of a smaller dose that would have an intention such as I want to write an outline for my book. I want to write a new song. I want to come up with a business plan or I want to I want to formulate a new organization based on sustainability. And I'm looking for the medicine to help me understand how to do that. But I also have to be able to bring it back from the journey and write it down so it doesn't get lost out there. And that's what I was trying to articulate earlier is that when I've done the higher dose journeys, I'm having such a fantastical in some ways incomprehensible experience of the universe revealing itself to me, it's hard sometimes to bring that back and put that into a direct application for my life. The times when I've done lower doses I actually designed a logo uh, have gotten specific answers for our next podcast or how we want to advertise and literally direct next steps because it was a lower dose. So if you could talk a little bit about that, I I'm of the opinion that every major contribution to humanity has come from somebody exposing themselves to the plant-based medicines that they've brought back from their journey and been able to apply it to humanity. Yeah. You're, you're laughing. so. <laughs> <what is> your... <laughs>
2: Well, I, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't no? go that okay. far. No, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid that's, that's that. We usually begin to think like this when we start doing a lot of psychedelics. <laughs> there, have been, there have been other discoveries that have not been in that state of consciousness. But um, Of course, we can directly link uh, origin of religion uh, to entheogenic relief, uh, usage. And um, this, of course, is a major. I mean, of course, humanity, has been heavily, heavily influenced by religious and religious, institu- religions and religious institutions, and if we can directly link them back to NP- ancient plants, this is very, very, you know, radical. Actually, you know, really requires a kind of a radical re-evaluation of of the role of these plants in human history. You know, even if that was the only time—I mean, of course, it wasn't—but if that was the only time we used medicines, and they they did that, it would still be worthy of you know. Uh, PhD theses and, and everything else that is extremely profound and of course that's not the only influence that they've had on human behavior they've had an extraordinary influence you know really since day one you know we, we find evidence of entheogenic psychedelic plants going back to the uh, very earliest days of human history we find them in the very earliest graves you know all kinds of drugs essentially all kinds of plants they've been there since the very beginning we have evolved or co-evolved with these substances, our brain has become adapted, our uh, neurology has become adapted to these medicines. Obviously, the uh, receptor sites and the uh, alkaloids go together hand in hand, they fit extremely nicely and they stick around a hell of a long time because the body recognises these organic substances has actually been very good for the system. So, you know, of course, yeah, we have a long and very intimate history w- w- with these medicines. and. And um, They have, of course, influenced a great many profound thinkers, and there have been am- many, uh, you know, profound insights uh, that have been uh, uh, revealed under the influence of psychedelic medicines. You know, the, the spiral helix formation of DNA, Francis Crick, is supposed to be discovered under the influence of LSD. And you know, right. plenty of questions. we can identify many, and you know, both in high doses and and in low doses. And yes, as I think as you correctly identified, of course in the higher dose medicines, it's harder to bring information back. It's harder to articulate what goes on there because what we're experiencing is post-linguistic material. It's beyond language and therefore it's very hard to translate back into language on the return. The lower doses, of course, are extremely useful. Of course, in Silicon Valley, microdosing has become a very, what was <laughs> a very, very big thing because they understood intuitively or actively that it stimulated uh, creativity, stimulated, uh, uh, you know, insight and clarity of thinking. Um, you know, microdosing of psilocybin mushrooms and of um, you know, to uh, uh, healing uh, PTSD, depression, and, you know, various other. Uh, mental instab- instable states, and um, for you know, in, in more uh, you know um, psychologically balanced people, to bring about just a great greater degree of clarity and uh, juiciness of life, you know, on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, I think it, it, it's it's a very wonderful thing, and you know, we can gain a great deal of information and knowledge <laughs> asking questions in these states, and just allowing you know the universe at large to reveal the answers to us, you know, via the Uh, kind of um, telepathic communicative aspect that the medicines bring about, you know, they open up our our psychic capacity so we can receive information at large from the universe at large.
1: Excellent. Good uh, good answer.
0: (laughs) So um, we have about uh, four minutes or five minutes left. we want to kind of recap a little bit, but uh, Paul, is there anything else you'd like to share um, as far as how to approach this whole process? Um, I know that uh, again, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of people have a lot of different experiences, but this is, um, I know, again, for me, it was a big deal. I mean, it took me probably a year and a half before I actually, before I actually did it. Um, for the first time and before I before I met you actually I had never experienced psychedelics anywhere in my life so it was it was a it was a whole new world Um, but uh, can you talk a little bit about the calling um, what that might feel like what that might what how someone how does someone experience that Uh, because I know it can be a challenge again you know between the mind and the emotion and between the soul and the spirit and all that you kind of we want to do the right thing. We want to believe that we're following our path. What does that look like? Um, I remember that conversation vividly about, you know, uh, the, the, that there's a calling that sort of happens with the, with the medicine where it's not, you don't wake up one day and go, oh, Jay, I think I'm going to go to ayahuasca. It's, it's more of an evolution.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's difficult to identify now, actually, unfortunately, you know, it's actually, it has really become so mainstream, you know, the medicine plants talked about even in kind of, you know, in Hollywood movies, and, you know, on, on Netflix shows, and this kind of thing, and, you know, often from a kind of comical perspective, or whatever, but is actually, it's, it's really kind of become so open, you know, we, we, we really, again, really are lucky to be living in, in, a, in, a, in a, an actually quite an enlightened age when it comes to, and psychedelic, you know research and usage is is opening up in in quite a big way so i think obviously that creates more opportunity for people to make contact with it and therefore to kind of you know convince ourselves that perhaps we're somehow special because we've been called by the medicines i think we can kind of forget this now and just look at it more of a, a a case of you know actually we desire to grow we desire to transform and to kind of give credence to that and recognition to that and then to use whatever calls come along on our path to 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 grow and transform, you know, to say actually, you know, I'm gonna use what what comes along to um, change and to grow as a person. And if it's the medicine plants, it's okay. If it's meditation, it's okay. If it happens to be both, it's better. You know, in my view, um, the more tools in your toolbox that go together correctly, the better. Um, you know, rather than just over-relying on one thing only. We don't want to over-rely on medicines only. That's a terrible mistake. We get caught up in all kinds of inflatory uh, aspects of the ego. We get caught up in kind of the illusory nature of things pretty easily. Get confused by, the, um, you know, a plethora of astral and psychic experiences that are available without necessarily moving forward on our path. So it's a mistake to only utilize the medicines, but of course as part of the core box of spiritual awakening and spiritual growth. They can be very, very profound and very, very useful.
0: Yeah. Good. And, and, and I really appreciate that answer because, uh, the, the, especially the idea that, you know, give up the idea of being called because any of the noise is too loud, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but the, you know just as a way of sort of bringing this home and and you're all all welcome to jump in on this anywhere, um, you know our conversation today uh, we wanted to take a deep dive into the idea of uh, not the idea of but the reality of plant medicine in our world and 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 how we can best interact with it, how we can best avail ourselves of this amazing tool um and I love what you said just a few minutes ago that um that speaks to what others may be concerned about, which is, no, this is not the let's do ayahuasca every, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday um, and know that it's going to change our lives radically. If we can stay, you know, in psychedelic land forever, um, because it's really not legitimate. Um, you know, I, and again, from my own personal experience, I remember so clearly uh, it literally, it would literally take me to, the hour before the next ceremony, before I could actually say, okay, I'm ready to do another ceremony. Um, you know, my, my ceremony was so extraordinary, but it took every minute of every hour between sessions for me to integrate enough of it to say, to be able to say, I'm ready to do another one. Um, but up until that hour, I was not ready to do another one. I was completely ill prepared for the next and, 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 um, and then, something would shift and, and I would be able to integrate a big chunk of whatever took place. And then I was prepared. But even after doing three ceremonies and and spending the time in, in Peru, when I left there, I literally out loud said, I'll probably never be back um, because it was so extraordinary that I never thought, I didn't think I would want or desire that again. Um, and here, you know, three years later, life has evolved. I've integrated way, I mean, just tremendous amounts of, of, of that whole experience and, and what life has brought. And, and, and so it called me differently, um, you know, and, 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 uh, and then interestingly enough, you know, we were planning to to be there in May, may still happen. Don't know, uh, probably unlikely. Uh, but even that's interesting to me, this, that, you know, we uh, Jeff and I were planning to, to participate and, and learn more and, that may be something we have to sit with for a while, <laughs> you know, um, and that's okay. Um, it, it, but understanding the relationship that you build with, with this is, is that this is not necessarily a lifestyle. This is, this is a tool in the toolbox. And, um, you know, as an ayahuasca, as a, as a shaman, you have a lifestyle because that's the choice you made is, as, as a teacher. Um, you know as a facilitator of this process but but that's not everybody's calling and it's certainly not everybody's deal you know um so uh very grateful uh, to both of you for great questions and and wonderful feedback and I'm going to open it up for a minute here if if you would all like to bring anything into the close
1: I'm satisfied
0: <laughs> Paul anything you'd like to say to the listeners as far as uh, that th- them Dancing with, uh, dancing with medicine?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you for, for the topic, gentlemen. I, I enjoyed our conversation tremendously. Yeah, I think that, you know, we, we really need to move past the stigma and the, um, you know, the nonsense when, when it comes to these things now. It's time to put away a true relationship with these medicines and to understand their real inherent value for um you know understanding our, our nature and who and what we are it's, it's time let's let you know grow up <laughs>
0: like that what was that one you did jeff a couple of days ago the couple couple shows ago uh play play, play not playing for keeps what the heck oh. was it
1: yeah we have to play our own game play our own game. somebody else game yeah yeah
0: play the game All right, everybody, thank you again for joining us on this amazing adventure in truth um, as we dived into more into the plant medicine realm. We're so grateful to Paul for taking the time to be with us and and sharing his amazing insights and and energy with us. Hope you all get to experience what we get to experience. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Truth Podcast. If you would like to listen to more or to explore all our offerings, visit us on the web at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com. We also offer video versions of our podcast. Visit our page on YouTube at Adventures in Truth Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Like, connect, and follow with us on Facebook. Want to book us for your next podcast or to speak at your event? Head over to our webpage at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com at the bottom of the page and send us a note. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you again at Adventures in Truth, podcast.